in the next 60 minutes here on Newsnight. EC Chairperson accuses Parliament of undermining the Commission's efforts at organizing credible elections. We tell you why. As a commission, we find it unfortunate that our efforts to strengthen the credibility and integrity of our voters' register and by extension our elections by the introduction of the draft CEI did not receive the support of Parliament. Uh, details as the Electoral Commission reluctantly proceeds to register new voters and organize district-level elections with existing constitutional instruments. leaves us with no option than to rely on the current CI with its inherent challenges to conduct a voters registration exercise until such time as the NIA would become fully operational. Also tonight, Special Prosecutor reveals in court details of the arrest and bail of husband of former Sanitation Minister uh, Cecilia Dapa in connection with that one million dollars found in her house we have details from the court as the osp makes a final push to confirm the freezing of her accounts in business lpg marketers fear prices could be going up again at the end of this month because of current developments on the international market and in sports Ghana athletics president advocate five hundred thousand dollars annual funding to guarantee medals in olympic games mm. And then later, as the clock ticks towards military intervention in Niger, details are emerging of how the military junta there is enjoying overwhelming support from the people amidst the tightening of ECOWAS sanctions. 24-hour electricity in this country, people are crying. Now that the power went off, all the time people are jubilating. So you see that there is a difference. We take you to Niger tonight on the day the ECOWAS security chiefs met in Accra to put final plans in place for deployment. Well, tonight, the Electoral Commission says Parliament is undermining its efforts as having a, a credible uh, voters register to organize national elections. For more than a year, the Electoral Commission has failed to convince MPs to approve a new constitutional instrument which outlaws the use of the guarantor system to register a voter. Now, in its place, the Electoral Commission proposes to use the Ghana card as a sole identity document to register a voter. In the rare bipartisan move, both the MPP and NDC MPs rejected this proposal recommending to the EC to maintain the guarantor system, a position the EC has disagreed with and has refused to comply with maintaining its draft CI. My colleague Kweku Asante joins me with details from this news conference organized by the Electoral Commission today. Kweku, first the EC chairperson starts here address by attacking the guarantor system and its flaws. Tell us more. Yes, Evans, the Electoral Commission, Madam Jim Mensah, starts her address to the media today by talking about how challenging it has been since 2020 to clear out the names of persons who are not eligible to register as voters, but who found themselves on the voters' register. She says that about 150,000 of such names, 40,000, I beg your pardon, of 
foreigners, minors were reported and challenged at a place of registration, the EC had to go through a torturous process to be able to delete the names of about 15,000 of such persons. She believes that in the past elections, for instance, the 2008 election, where the meeting between the winner and the first runner-up was so close, it is not appropriate that these many people who are led to be foreigners are found on Ghana's register. And so she goes in, just into this allegation or this claim that the Electoral Commission makes that there are so many foreigners and minors who are using the roots of Garanta system to get onto the register. And then there was a fundamental question following what we know has happened in Parliament with this bipartisan support. <coughs> we don't know yet whether the EC will listen to that recommendation of Parliament to include the Garanta system in the new CI. You asked that question. What did she say? Yes, Madam Jean Mensa was categorical. That is heard from Parliament, but they do not believe this is something that they can work with. On the 31st of March this year, members of both the minority and the majority came together, agreed, and signed on to a document which was actually signed by the Speaker of Parliament as a committee of the whole report, recommending to the Electoral Commission that they add the guarantor system to the proposed constitutional instrument. According to Madame Dimensa, they've heard from MPs, but they believe that adding the guarantor system will continue to make Ghana's election system flawed. And so that is not something that they are going to work with at all. Tell us about Jim Mason's claim that Parliament is undermining their efforts to organize those credible elections. How so? In fact, Madam Jim Mensa says that over the years, the Electoral Commission has been taking a lot of steps to try and rein in such practices that undermine Ghana's election. It is her expectation that MPs would have, would have bought into this idea, this claim that they've made that if you take out the guarantee system and you approve this new CI for us, we can take off minors, we can take off foreigners from engaging in voting, but Parliament has not done so. And so she actually goes on to say that Parliament passed LI 2111, which is the NIA law, which actually made the Ghana card, the sole identity document, to confirm anybody's claim to be a citizen. So she, she does not understand why Parliament will pass that law on one hand and refuse to approve of the new CI. We must emphasize that. The EC does not need Parliament, strictly speaking, to approve the CI. It just has to be laid. But because the Electoral Commission does not have a voice on the floor of the House, they would have to lay the CI normally through the majority leader. And this is the majority leader that has come into an agreement with the minority that the EC must add that guarantee system. That is why the whole of last meeting, Parliament simply did not consider the matter at all. The EC says it will not do that, but it expects that when Parliament reconvenes in October, they will come together and then approve this CI by allowing it to be laid. But from the indication we have gotten so far from MPs, the coalition is holding. MPs on both sides believe that that should not happen. And until the majority renege on that promise that it made with the majority, minority side to not allow the EC lay this CI, then the Electoral Commission would have to find other means to get that CI laid on the floor. And Kweku, we need to learn a bit more also about the modalities that the EC says you're putting in place for this limited voters registration exercise. In the absence of the CI backing, uh, they are resolved to use the Ghana card. But you need to just listen to Jun Mensah's explanations why they believe this is the best approach and the parliament must simply get on board. It's a commission that is determined to conduct 
credible, transparent, fair, and peaceful elections, we were keen to establish and uphold the integrity of the foundational document, which is the voters' register. Hence, our proposal to use a Ghana card as the sole document for identification of a person's citizenship, as well as age. Our experience from the 2020 registration exercise, ladies and gentlemen, showed that several minors and foreigners using the window of the guarantor system found their way onto our rule. To read the register of minors and foreigners in 2020, the Electoral Commission established the District Registration Review Committees, which worked for several weeks to delete the names of minors and foreigners from the register. It took substantial time and effort to expound the names of illegal persons from our rule. During the registration, some 40,000 minors and foreigners were challenged, and we managed to expound some 15,000 minors and foreigners from the register. This number is one too many, considering that in times past, in a time past, we elected a president with less than 40,000 votes between the first and second runners-up. In our view, this should not be countenanced or tolerated by any quarters, as it has the potential of undermining the credibility of our elections. The question we ask ourselves is why should we continue to use the guarantor system, which opens the door to corrupt and illegal practices and undermines the credibility of our register some 30 years after it was first introduced, and especially now when nearly 18 million Ghanaians above the age of 18, 15 years have the Ghana card. Quick, nonetheless, they have to go ahead with the limited registration exercise and we understand the guarantor system will be in full operation when they do so. They spelt other modalities for this. Tell us. Yes, Evan. Starting from the 12th of September up till the 2nd of October, the Electoral Commission, which has not actually registered any new voters since 2020 because we're waiting for this new CR to go through, has been forced now to do this registration again using the old CI, which allows the guarantor system. The old rules still exist. You have to be 18 years. You must be Ghanaian. You must be resident in where you want to vote. Some of the, 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 the requirements that the Constitution spells out. But Madame Jean Mesa has a warning to people who use the guarantor system. He says, you cannot guarantee for, for more than 10 persons. If you do so, the Electoral Commission will come after you with the full force of law. They will ensure that you are prosecuted. But despite their challenges to the guarantor system, the existing law allows it. And so from 12th of October, in all district offices of the Electoral Commission, 267 of them across the country, voters or persons who have turned 18 since 2020, the last time there was a voter registration exercise, can turn up at this registration exercise. Mind you, we put a question to the EC chairperson. The minority and the NDC have been insisting that they want the registration done at the local level, at the, at the polling station level. The Electoral Commission says, well, that is not something they can do. They have that conversation, but they believe that all persons can turn up at the, at the, at the, at the voters, at the EC district offices across the country, Monday to Sunday, between 12, of, between 12 of September and 2nd October, which is a Tuesday. So they believe that they have put in place enough mechanism, including 
on and offline registration at these district offices to allow that to happen. So that has to do with the leg of the voter registration. Secondly, the district level election, which we expected to happen in October, which have been postponed, there's been much clarity on when it's going to happen. The ACL. Uh, we appear to have lost him there, uh, unfortunately. We'll get a clarity for you when that uh, will happen as far as additional level elections. So when it's time, you can show up in your number, uh, in your numbers uh, for that particular elections. I want to bring in Mustafa Gbande. He's a Deputy General Secretary of the NDC. Evans Nemaku is a Director of Research and Elections uh, with the Governing New Patriotic Party. Uh, Evans, let me start with you. Uh, do you share the EC's concern there that Parliament is undermining its efforts to organize credible elections by making it impossible for them to get the CI they need to make the Ghana card the sole document for registering a voter. Well, thank you, Evans, for having me, and good evening to your listeners. I think for, for us as New Patriotic Party, our position on EC is getting a CI that will ensure that we have credible voter register is supported. And so we have openly stated categorically that we support the CI that is to be laid in Parliament to make the national identification card the sole means of identification to enable people who have age to enroll onto the electoral roll. I heard Madame Wright when she said that after every registration exercise, political parties and the EC have had to sit to review a number of challenges bordering on issues of my, uh, minors getting onto the register as well as non ghanaians And so it is important that even though we moved on from the CI-91 to CI-126, there are still being challenges as respect to the, C- the, the guarantor system. But it is strange that when you look into the CI-91, where an individual could guarantee for five people, when CI-126 was introduced, an individual could guarantee for 10 people. And we are all saying that there's always a problem with the guarantee system. And so Parliament must do the needful and help us in getting a register that is not infested with these kind of problems. And, and Mustafa? you surely support any intervention that will ensure that the register if compiled is clean and that and as you've heard the mpp's director of elections say uh, parliament must join in ensuring a clean free fair elections do i take it then that you agree and your members of parliament also come to the table to get the ci along the line passed for the ec to go ahead thank you very much Evans. Good evening to our cherished listeners. The NDC on any day will support any process, procedure, activity of the Electoral Commission that will give Ghanaians a credible election. But the current position of the Electoral Commission is intellectually ignorant and an uninformed position because even the existing Ghana card system was acquired through a guarantee system. So if she's suggesting that the guarantee system is the only way through which minors are on our register, and for that matter, she's seeking to remove the guarantee system, 
does that invalidate the thousands and millions of their existing Ghana cars? Hello. Apologies, sir. Uh, please proceed. Hello. Yes, Mustafa, I can hear Hello. you. Hello. Hello, Mustafa. Yes. Can you hear me? I can, yes. And so our position is that um, lead Ghanaians who qualify to vote, they should be given the opportunity to vote. This is a woman who is asking a person who is, say, in Binduri constituency who has several kilometers to cover to get to her district capital should on his or her own go and register at the district capital. Mind you, the EC have backlog of registration it has not done in the last three years. So if the numbers go up between 8 o'clock, 5 p.m., and they don't finish, will the EC provide accommodation for these people? What she's simply doing is a voter suppression agenda aimed at disenfranchising Ghanaians by making the exercise very expensive, which outrightly discourages a lot of people who are desirous, who by law are expected to acquire a voter registration card to vote, deny them from voting. That is what she's doing. She's making the exercise very expensive. Look at, forget Accra. Go to the north. Go to Ashanti region. People would have to travel several kilometers to get to their district capital. Bad road network. How are they going to come? You see, so even clearly, if there is anybody that is a threat to transparent processes, it is a behavior posturing of the current electoral commissioner and the commission itself, and that we call on them to abandon the appetite of trying to suppress the voter register abandon the appetite of trying to rig elections and uphold transparent, truly transparent processes that will ensure that any Ghanaian who would like to vote is given an opportunity to vote. Um, Mustafa, you use the word rigged elections. The EC is using legitimate legal processes to get a CI approved. That certainly cannot amount to an attempt to rig the elections. Your members of parliament have a say in that process. What is legitimate about failing to undertake your constitutional exercise in the last three years? That she's expected by law to undertake what we call continuous registration. She has not done so. There's a backlog of people who have not been able to register. And so if you are undertaking that exercise under such very difficult economic excruciation condition, you're asking an individual who has to register to be traveling from a village to a district capital when, in fact, you are supposed to decentralize the exercise to the doorsteps of Ghanaian. You are failing to do that. What is legitimate about that? Yeah, but the legitimacy of this is that there's a constitutionally laid down procedure for getting these amendments and the CIs in, which, which is exactly what she's doing. It is a very transparent yeah, but, process. But even parliamentarians, both sides of the house, have advice that given the circumstances under which we find ourselves, even you remember that the law that establishes the Ghana card itself allows foreigners to acquire Ghana cards. And so when public officials incompetently and negligently do their work, should the ordinary Ghanaian suffer for it? Mm. Uh, and, and Mustafa, let me bring in uh, Evans Nemako on the question you raised about the position of parliament. And Evans, your own members of parliament, um, we saw 
came around to the consensus that the inclusion of the Garanta system is important. And so there was an amendment that was proposed, signed off by both your members of parliament and the NDC. Isn't that a clear indication that even at a parliamentary level, the attempt to use the Ghana Card as a sole identity document is one that isn't acceptable to both sides, including your own side? Hello, Evans. Yes. Yes, if I had you all, that the new Petrosi Party... Your members of parliament. Members of parliament. There has never been any such communication. I mean, in terms of parliamentary proceedings, we've never seen anything like that, where the 137 members of the new Petrosi Party will sign against the EC's prepared CI to be laid in parliament. We've never supported anything of that sort. Well, that's why the EC chairperson is complaining tonight, that the please, entire parliamentary please. house is, the is frustrating her process. The party has always been that. In order that we do not go through the difficulty of reviewing every registration exercise, challenge with challenges over minority issues and non-citizens, let us have a more foolproof arrangement, i.e., the NIA, which guarantees more of credibility. Mustafa is mentioning the issue that when you are acquiring the NIA, there's a, even arrangement that you could be, you, you could use the guarantor system to secure the NIA. The procedure of using the guarantor system under NIA is not the same as applied by the EC. So you shouldn't compare the oranges and apple arrangements. What happens under the NIA is that a family member will have to swear an oath before a commissioner for oath, and that in case it's found out that that person is not giving the right information, will go through the consequences of it. That's not the same as, as, as happened under the EC system where guarantee system is used. It's been abused every now and then. So it is important that we divorce ourselves from the issue that even the NIA guarantee system is used. Mm. Well, Evans Namaku, thank you very much. He's the Director of Research and Elections with the MPP. Mustafa Gbandi, Deputy General Secretary of the NDC also. This matter uh, keeps raging on. The EC obviously not happy that the CI uh, hasn't been passed. Uh, Paul Abrampa-Mensah is a Programs Manager at the Centre for Democratic Development and also a member of the Coalition of Domestic Election Observers. Uh, Paul, how should this be resolved now? You hear the EC now finally coming out to say they are attempt and desire to hold clean, credible elections has been frustrated by Parliament. Uh, good evening, Ivan. So let me say very good evening to our listeners. Yes, uh, I, I believe uh, uh, you, were, you have been uh, at the Codius meeting severally that we've raised the issue and uh, of uh, manipulation of registration system in Ghana uh, and uh, also among the three processes uh, phases of the electoral process the pre-election, the election day, and the post-election phase. It is the pre-election phase that usually records most of the violent cases. And the activity that brings the violent cases is usually the uh, voter registration. It's a fact that we cannot deny that. Uh, so among most of our post-election reviews, the recommendations have been how do we have a system that will reduce uh, the violent cases associated with voter registration? And in fact, uh, in 2016, the post election review, almost all the stakeholders, including both parties, uh, 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 
to, to propose the use of a card that will guarantee that uh, people cannot uh, manipulate the system. So the NIA card came to fall. And uh, the condition was that the NIA card and pay the regulation that established the NIA in future is going to be the sole identification card that will be used in the country. So if most of the people in the country, that was the condition, are able to get the NIA card, then we can resort to that in order to reduce uh, the, 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 the conflict associated with voter registration exercise. So I, think, I believe it was on the basis of that that the Electoral Commission had uh, its new CI, that is, uh, which is currently before Parliament. So that's the background. So we cannot de- 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 deny the fact that voter registration exercise in the country is always, anytime, the cause of the violence. You can you can cite so many examples in the last registration to the extent that a certain member of parliament pulled down at a polling station, to the extent that people died, and so many cases. Yeah, but Paul, so how other, do you mm-hmm. improve the system was the question. And, and, and I that that's what came the, up with this EC, suggestion. Yes, the EC suggestion is then use the Ghana card as a sole identity document. That CI is currently pending in Parliament and mm-hmm. he believes it's being frustrated. Is it is it your uh, position understanding that Parliament should get it along and, and have it passed? I, I don't think the Parliament is frustrating the Electoral Commission. Uh, if, if you follow the news, the last time the NIA was and the Electoral Commission itself was somewhere before Parliament, the agreement was that the NIA was stuck. It had no resources to do the mass registration that could afford most people uh, to get the card in order to aid their registration to be to vote. And therefore, there was a promise that the NI was going to be given some resources so that it can embark on nationwide registration exercise and which will aid uh, for the people to get the card to register. Because this has not happened, it, it, it's natural that we go back to the CI so that we do not disenfranchise people. So I don't think Parliament is disenfranchising people or Parliament is thwarting the effort of the Electoral Commission. I think Parliament is performing its duty of representation, making sure that their people have the opportunity to register as voters and to vote. Thank you very much, uh, Paula Brampa. Uh, Mensa is a programs manager at the Center for Democratic Development, Ghana, and a member of the Coalition of Domestic Election Observers. Now, the special prosecutor today revealed in court details of the arrest and bail of the husband of former sanitation minister, Cecilia Benadapa, in connection with the $1 million allegedly stolen from her home. Now, the OSP is in court to confirm the freezing of Madame Dapa's account and the seizure of properties found in her house with the OSP suspects to be tainted. Now, Sladapa has refuted claims that the property found in her home and her bank account are tainted properties. She says the office of the special prosecutor is in breach of its own law and that the OSP is merely seeking to perpetrate an arbitrary exercise based on nothing more than suspicion. Uh, Kujunyako uh, wasn't called for us and is here with more. Could you, so when did this arrest of the husband take place? Do we know? Well, so Evans, uh, this matter came in court when a question was posed on why the OSP mm. arrested only Madame Cecilia Dapa when in fact the monies were found in the matrimonial home of the former minister and the husband. It was at this point that the OSP indicated that both husband and wife were placed under arrest and granted inquiry bail. 
and that was as far as this arrest matter came up in court indeed this is the first time we have been made aware that a husband too was arrested okay so the judge had to ask a question um, yes. and a question that indeed many have also said uh, what has the lawyers of Slater been saying well so lawyer for the former minister Victoria Bath opposed the application she submitted that the application before the court has been brought in contravention of the very statutory provisions that the OSP purports to rely on in invoking the jurisdiction of the court she indicated that the court's uh, the fact that the sums of money were found in Madame Dapa's matrimonial home and is not is not enough ground to suspect or imply that those sums of money are tainted pro property. Likewise, she says there is no basis to suspect the monies in Madame Dapa's account are tainted property, especially when banks are routinely required on a daily basis to report suspicious transactions. And thus, the assertions that the OSP needs to freeze the account to facilitate investigations is unjustified, since every information he requires in the alleged suspicion of tainted property will be contained in the bank statement. For her, the application has been brought in flagrant breach of the OSP's own enabling legislation. And the OSP himself? Well, the OSP contends that the move is to facilitate the investigation on corruption and corruption-related offences. According to the OSP, Madame Sisiladapa has several homes, and the fact also reveals the ownership of the amount of money found in her home and her account remain in dispute, and the sources and origins of the money remain highly doubtful. Hence, the OSP is tri uh, uh, triggered the investigative processes. In fact, the, the OSP says on the 24th of July, 2023, his office, upon a search conducted at the residence of the of the um, former minister led to the discovery of huge sums of money stuck in the house consisting of an amount of five hundred and ninety thousand dollars and 2.7 million ghana cities and this was after the osp says it initiated investigations into the suspected corruption um related uh, offenses against the former minister okay so the court will have to rule on this whether to affirm the seizure and the freezing of the counts when yeah. this is happening yeah so we are back in court on a 30 first of august 2023 for the ruling of this application filed by the osp okay uh could you thank you very much it's so live your news night is on joy 99.7 fm after uh, business as the clock ticks towards a military intervention in niger details are emerging uh, pointing to the military junta's enjoyment of overwhelming support from the people amidst tightening of ECOWAS sanctions uh, details of that will be take you to Niger also just to get a picture there on the day when the security chiefs of ECOWAS met in the crowd to draft the final plan. George Rafa is here with details from business. Hello, George. Hi, Evans. And uh, coming up, LPG marketers fear prices could be increased again at the end of this month because of current developments on the international market and government touts effectiveness of gold for oil program despite substantial hikes in fuel prices the pumps this week the business news on newsnight it's brought to you by mtn business welcome to the new world of business alliance life and ghana pay when you want to eat just momo it tired of the long queues in the supermarket pay with momo when you really want that beautiful new blouse just momo it when you want to get a trim and get fresh to impress you know who just momo it when you need to pay your utility bills and domestic staff shanu momo when you want to send love to the family back home send some momo join the millions of mtn momo users all over ghana and live life the brighter way so just momo it mtn 
Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom, and my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD Campus, UCC Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627792. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. your water needs. Syntex has it all. Syntex tank was first to introduce double layer tank and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana and now introduces the customer specs order which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex tanks gives you the biggest warranty of 7 years which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, Choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. I'm a you're welcome back to business on news night now lpg market association are warning that prices could go up again by the end of this month it is coming after the product witnessed one of the biggest jump compared to diesel and petrol during the first pricing window for this month according to the association their projection is based on the current developments on the world market gabriel kumi is vice president of the association it's um, already uh, the price of this product in the national market of, of, of LPG has already shot up by uh, some some five percent, uh, which which means that uh, barring any uh, positive uh, outlook, the, the next window, which begins at the end of uh, this month on the first of September, we are likely to see another increment in the price of LPG. Yeah. And, and and that is that is quite uh, 
bad for consumers, unfortunately. Vice President of the LPG Marketers Association, Gabriel Kumi. Government has maintained that the Gold for Oil program has indeed helped to keep fuel prices at low levels and stabilize the Ghana city. The assurance follows significant hike in the price of petroleum products at the pumps this week. Now, this has led to some question the effectiveness of the program to keep prices at the pumps at low levels. But managing director of the bulk oil storage and transport company, Edwin Provenza, however, admits that there are some limitations with the program. The gold for oil policy was a temporal measure that was put in place to deal with the inflationary pressures that uh, befell on us uh, from last year. The price buildup has two key components. One is the world market price and the other one is the forex. The gold for oil, as you can all see, has addressed the forex issue. But if the world market price keeps going up, there's not much gold for oil can do about that. So uh, I think that uh, if you look at the world market prices today, uh, it was almost the same as what it was in November last year when petroleum prices was at 23 cities. But as you can see, petroleum prices are still at 13 point, uh, almost 13 cities. And that shows you that the gold for oil policy has really suppressed the inflationary pressures that would have arisen uh, as compared to November this time. So the good for oil policy is very relevant. It's still working. Know that it's a temporary measure to deal with this particular issue that Ghana in particular faces. Erin Provinza is the managing director of the bulk oil storage and transporter company Bost. Banking consultant Dr. Rich Mutuahine is backing calls for the operationalization of the Ghana Financial Stability Funding System. It should be done before the end of this year. The Ghana Association of Banks in a rep recent report maintained that the fund should take up soon to support the operations. Dr. Tuangini maintains that looking at the current challenges that the banks are going through, government cannot afford to delay on this fund. Most of them are operating on negative capital, negative capital. And the difficulty in negative capital is that your correspondent bank in overseas, where you do international trade, they look at you before they can even give you a credit line before they can even tell you that establish your LC to, through us to go to your suppliers. Because before the end of the year, then, then the auditors are going to do the calculations again and then it will possibly go down. Uh. So that is the reason why I believe they need to operationalize it. If whatever amount they have got, I'm told they have 500 and the World Bank in September is giving us 250. Immediately operationalize this and locate it to the, allocate it to the especially the domestic or the indigenous banks, uh. those who have no access to the, uh, the market. Dr. Richmond Twahini is a banking consultant. Deputy Minister of Trade, that is uh, Stephen Amua, is making a strong case for fintech companies in Ghana to remain efficient despite the current economic challenges. According to him, the influx of fintech companies in Ghana should aid in the facilitation of trade and also support local businesses to flourish. He spoke to Joy Business at the launch of a Tazfan Freedom account in Ghana. 
It's a new system we are bringing here. We all hope for the best. We all want to cooperate and support them. But of course, it's going to be a huge jump for traders in Ghana here. We are doing our best as a country to enhance export because we are an import-driven economy. Something that has basically destroyed our fiber as a country in terms of job creation, in terms of stability of our currency, in terms of even uh, producing our own country and exporting. And these are some of the challenges. It wouldn't solve all the problems, but I think it's a step in the right direction. Stephen Amwai is Deputy Minister for Trade and Industry, speaking at the launch of Trust Fair Freedom Account here in Ghana. And Evans, tonight we're still continuing the conversation about the state of Ghana's food security. Indeed, and we've been talking about this on PM Express on Monday uh, when we went to the market, obviously because of what we're seeing in the inflationary figures yeah. put out by the statistical service, which points to food inflation being its biggest contributor, 55% of that is down to it. You exploring this a bit more tonight. So looking at the Ghana food security situation, engaging the minister, uh, that's the deputy minister of our Greek, your friend Bonadu. What is government doing right now to deal with the situation? And whether what's the stake or the situation when it comes to our reserves and buffer stock as a country to deal with this challenge? Looking at what is happening on the international market. It's at 9 p.m. On Joe News Channel and also all our social media channels. Mm. Uh, we can wait for that. George, thank you very much. And you are live here on News Night on Joy 99.7 FM. A few of your messages now on our WhatsApp uh, console. Good evening. In fact, they, uh, they prosecute former, said in fact, they have to prosecute a former sanitation minister. And uh, that's a view from Agonu uh, there on that subject. Um, also, uh, this one from Nanai Kwamwa says, I'm yet to be convinced by the NDC's argument and why they think the implementation of the Ghana card as a sole document for voter registration is uh, is not the way to go. Uh, Musa Vagbande's uh, argument, he says, is flawed. And a final one says, on, still on the EC subject, uh, the EC said the old register was bloated and that there is a need for a new one to aid our electoral processes. Now the EC is pushing for the Ghana card to be used as a sole identification card in the upcoming electoral process. What then becomes of the what then becomes of the uh, new voters' ID cards? Well, the EC has explained that uh, it doesn't invalidate that card. You're live your news tonight. My name is Evans Mensa. Now, the Bank of Ghana is tonight fighting off value for money claims and questions being asked by the NDC minority in parliament regarding its decision to spend $250 million to build a new office. The ranking member on parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee, Samuel Okudita Blackwa, had alleged numerous procurement breaches in the awarding of the contract. Uh, Philip Abradu Otu is a director of research at the central bank and joins us on the line right now uh, thank you very much Mr. Abadotu, for your time here on this night will he call me with another line uh well apologies for that uh, we'll try and uh, rectify that uh, pretty quickly and then uh, get his thoughts on the issues and as we've heard tonight uh, from the minority already on that subject uh, they're raising a number of issues procurement breaches they talk about restrictive tendering which they've questioned and also the spending of 250 million dollars on that property uh, thank you very much again uh, you can hear me okay hello Philip Abadotu, can you hear me Yes, I can hear you. Fantastic. I mean, do you accept as a minority allege that $250 million on that office is not value for money? Is, is, is this Evans? Yes, it is. No, Evans, 
me let me let me let me start by sharing with you what I know uh, candidly about 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 the subject. Uh, the first thing is I, I don't think the BOG has broken any public procurement law. Um, I think the necessary public procurement approvals were obtained at every stage of the project. This project, um, if my memory serves me right, started at far back as, uh, I think even before the COVID-19 began. Uh, And the necessary appropriations have been made over the past year when the Bank of Ghana made significant profits. So these things have been appropriated for, um, and the quest for a new head office, uh, if my mind also serves me right on this, back in 2012, or even earlier. Um, the full details of the components of this specialized central bank HQ, when I say HQ, I mean headquarters, um, which is in line with international standards, will be made public soon and at the appropriate time. When you say full details, are you also referring to how much exactly it's costing us? Well, see, when the full details is, is put out there, of course, uh, all these things will be included and, and, and the jurors are there for, for all to see. I mean, I mean, the Bank of Ghana has had the numbers being bandied about for at least two weeks now. As of tonight, you still don't have clarity on these numbers. The full details are coming out soon, uh, Evans, uh, as I indicated. Uh, every component, every step of the way, all these documents are going to be put out. Uh, and when it's done, you, you can then go through six documents uh, and decide for you what has happened along the way. But do you know if one, it costs us $250 million? If two, there were variations that took the figure significantly to that particular amount, because the minority had alleged that there were significant variations that uh, increased from around eighty to the. Two no, we I don't, have. I don't, I don't want to go into that. But uh, as I stated, the full details will be will be made will be made known to the public very soon, very very soon. The full details are are going to be made public. Why did the central bank choose a restricted tendering uh, process when indeed a a more open process, a more competitive process would have yielded proper value for money and saved some some money or so for you in the process of building your office? Uh, Again, again, look, I I, I think the necessary public yeah, I'm asking why why restrictive tender? When all these things are put out, uh, the public will get to know the full details. When should we expect the full details to be published? It was very dangerous to put timelines to, to, to things, but, but I think it's going to come out very soon. Very soon. Yeah, very soon. I mean, the minority have put out these uh, numbers today, the allegations today, and this has been out there in the public domain for two weeks. Um, isn't it quite an indictment on the I central bank? That so, we are coming out. Yeah, I, I get it, but I get it, but it, isn't it quite an indictment on the central bank that even now you still don't have the full details that you can share? We do, we do, we do. Appropriate forum to mount all these details.
Well, we are coming out. We are coming out with the full details. It's a whole lot of documentation. Fair to say, we are now sorting out the documentation to justify the twenty. No, no, no. We're not. We cannot be sorting out the documentations at this stage. Uh, even let's leave it this way. I think we are coming out very soon with the full details, which is going to be made public. It includes so many other things. Uh, I just don't want to just jump the gun at this stage, but um, this is what I know, and this is what I've, 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 I've put out there candidly, what I know about the entire process. Except that you really haven't put out anything, except to say, hey, wait for the full details. Yes, yes. The full details will be out. Thank you very much. Uh, that is uh, Philippa Bradotu, who is the Director of Research at the Central Bank. Let's do sports now. And I'm beginning to love football because of the amounts of money that people are beginning to enjoy. Uh, last time we saw Neymar. And also, oh, goodness me. Another reason why I'm beginning to love football a bit more, I love it already, because of what I'm seeing in the Women World Cup. It's amazing. I saw a goal scored by Subcat. Oh my goodness! Mm, it was he is England. Prima. Yeah. Um. You know, I love football already, but mm. these two reasons, mm. I've, 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 I'm ignoring all, all other sports. Yeah. Everybody should go and look for that goal. Amazing! It was a goal she scored in the semi-final against and England, Australia that was versus England. Her first game in the tournament. Yes, she's her first full throughout. game. Absolutely, she's amazing. been injured throughout, and uh, she couldn't get Australia to qualify for the finals. But they have a third. Uh, plays, uh, you know, bronze medal to five four on Saturday against Sweden, who also were defeated by Spain, two goals to one over there. So, um, yeah, England and Australia will be playing in the finals of that women's World Cup on Sunday, and uh, England will be looking to make a, you know, an interesting history there. The f the first uh, men's team to uh, the first national team to have both the men and the women winning the World Cup. So. We'll wait to see if that will work out for them. But let's uh, do some athletics now. And the president of Ghana Athletics, Bao Fuseni, is calling on government to increase funding for athletics to help guarantee medals for the country, especially in the Olympic Games. Well, according to him, aside the development of infrastructure, if the state could make available some $500,000 a year for the athletes, it possibly could guarantee some medal for the country. I have two sets of goals. We are praying to go to finals first so that we'll book our ticket for Bebedos next year, well okay. released. Okay. That will also propel it to the Olympic Games. Okay. When, we've, when, we ha when we get a ticket to Bebedos, then we'll not plan to wear the medal performance. Because our ultimate goal is to be in Paris 2024. So first, we need to go to the finals. After the finals, then we'll plan for the medal. But if we don't go to the finals, it will be difficult for us to qualify for the baby doors. If we don't go to baby doors, it will be difficult for us to go to, uh, to go to the Paris Olympic Games. So the first thing we are planning to get into is to get to the finals. Well, let's stay on athletics because the World Athletics Championship is just a few days uh, to go. And Ghana's contingent for the championship has arrived in Budapest, hungry for the competition. Uh, of course, which is going to start on Saturday, August 19. Now, Team Ghana arrived on Wednesday evening after completing their training camp in France ahead of the championship. Ghana has entered to compete in three events, women's long jump, men's 200 meter, meters and men's 4 by 100 meter relay. Now, the contingent of six athletes comprises Joseph Paul Amwa, James Darcy, 
Isaac Botio, Edwin Gadai, Raymond French, and Deborah Aqua. And uh, Ghana's leader of delegation, uh, who is also president of Ghana Athletics, Bar Husseini, says the team's primary focus is to qualify for the finals of the 4 by 100 meter relays. The issue is not only the infrastructure, the issue is funding. And we are going to work with the state to get the funding sorted. We have the athletes, we have the coaches, all what we are needing or what we needed now to get the Olympic medal is just the funding. I said it earlier in the year that if we get between $500,000 in a year for the next six years, we are going to bring a medal. Our athletes have just, are just there. What they need is financial support. That's uh, Bafu Saini there. And uh, well, that's it for sports. Uh, brought to you by Pepsodent Herbo and Chaco. Pepsodent, every smile matters. Thank you very much, Ms. Bao. So, live your news night on Joy 99.7 FM. Let me take you into the election headquarters as we continue our build up into that uh, NPP Super Delegates Congress tonight. We are focusing on Kennedy in Japan. That has seen Central. MP who is vying to become the party's flag bearer for the 2024 elections and is making a case for the party to choose him. Now, Kennedy Japan says he's the best person to lead the party because, quote, he has the antidote to the challenges confronting the nation. Summer Kojo Brace of our political desk has more. I promise this party that I'm going to do a diligent job and make sure we win 2024 elections. That was Kennedy a Japan assuring the MPP that he will win the election 2024 if elected a flag bearer of the party. According to political watchers, Kennedy Japan's popularity among many Ghanaians stems from his frankness on various national issues. Ken a Japan says his campaign message focuses on addressing critical issues facing the nation, particularly the challenge of youth unemployment. As a member of parliament for the past 23 years, I have to admit that the challenge of the government and the successive government had been unemployment. And therefore, I've taken it upon myself to make sure I reduce unemployment rate in this country. He explains his focus will be to use the agricultural sector to achieve his goal of reducing Unemployment. So far, I've visited 180 constituencies and I've come to realize that we as politicians have done a disservice to the nation. When the arable lands, rivers, sea that God has given to us, that we can cultivate millions of acres and come up with agro-processing industries, I think this is the way to go. Unfortunately, we believe that gold is the ultimate. I think otherwise. I personally believe that cassava is more important than gold. Cassava is a necessity and gold is a luxury. Sugarcane is a necessity and gold is a luxury. Kennedy Japan wants the MPP to vote for him because he is capable of fulfilling every promise he will make to Ghanaians. I want everybody to believe in me, those of you watching, to believe in me that whatever I say, by the grace of God and with good help, I deliver. With experience for the 23 years as a 
politician and parliamentarian. He is assuring the party he will play by the rules because he is a true party person. I promise to go by the constitution of the party. If anything goes wrong to seek redress, I will not go outside the constitution to take the law into my own hands. So believe in me that I'm a true and true party man and I will not do anything to sabotage the party. As a countdown to the 2024 Special Delegate Congress of the NPP begins, Kennedy Japan says his bid to lead the party is to bring a commitment to addressing the concerns of the Ghanaian populace. For Joy News, I am Samuel Kojabrais. Safe driving saves lives. Drive safe. Let's get into Drive Safe now. The Ghana Police Service is automating all road traffic fines in an attempt to remove the human interface contributing to the reported cases of extortion of drivers by officers. Now, the technology dubbed Traffic Tech GH will capture videos and pictures of drivers flouting road traffic regulations and send fines via SMS. Defaulters have 14 days allowable time to pay their fines or risk attracting a penalty of 1% each day afterwards. Now, Samuel Mbura was at the launch of this project and reports. COP Francis E. Doku, Director General of the Motor Traffic and Transport Department of the Ghana Police Service, emphasized that this initiative aims not only to instill discipline, but also curtail alleged extortion cases involving officers. Digitization has come to stay, whether we like it or not. And once there is digitization, the issue of interface, human interface, is taken off. And so the police will now be deployed for other equally important duties. And do you think this one will reduce the reported cases of um, alleged extortion from drivers? Uh, my brother, if there is no human interface, of course, these alleged corrupt practices will be eliminated. Driver unions have expressed endorsement Yet, their focus lies on the practical implementation of the project. David Aguado speaks for the commercial transport operators. If the police or the traffic tech Ghana is going to work, me, I'll be very happy because it's not going to leave out we, the commercial drivers, neither the private drivers, neither the politicians. Everybody will be involved. But addressing these concerns, David Safwadonte, who is the acting director general of the National Road Safety Authority, assured that preparations are in place for a smooth execution of the project. We are now talking to the Department of Urban Roads to map up a strategy to see which ones we can strategically uh, mount the cameras on and see how we can ensure constant flow of power or servicing or maintenance. Meanwhile, the Traffic Tech GH project, which is under the Police Invisible Eyes Are Watching initiative, is set to undergo a pilot phase in Accra and Tema before its nationwide rollout. Reporting for Joy News, Samuel Mbura, Accra. And I'm Evans Mensah, live from the studios here at Joy 99.7 FM. Now, spraying machines are crucial for effective farming. However, it is labor-intensive, particularly for the elderly. Though there are electric-powered spraying versions on the market, they are imported, they are heavy and expensive. Good news is 
Students of the Sunyani Technical University have come up with a triple-powered spraying machine which is locally made, affordable and easy to use. John Uses Kwesi Debra speaks with the developers Theresa Beya and Ali Farida for Thick Thursday. The container, which is made from plastic, weighs almost three times less than the imported ones. Again, it's powered by solar, rechargeable battery and ordinary battery. Characteristics the imported ones can only dream of. We can connect with the solar panel here, it will work. If you don't want to use the solar panel too, you use the rechargeable batteries, that one too, it will work. And as well as the dry cell. If you want, though the, there is water inside, but I can still lift it. It's not heavy. And the belt are also tough. It's not like the one in the market with the tiny belt, whereby if you back it, it will be causing pains to your shoulders. This one is having the same capacity as the already existing one in the market. But the difference is this one is lighter as compared to the one in the market. In the sense that this one is made up of plastic. And the weight is 1.5 kilos and the other one, the already existing one in the market is 4 kilograms. This one is using lithium-ion battery. That makes it very less in weight. And the one in the market is using lead-acid battery, which makes it very heavier. Reporting for Joy News, Chrissy Deborah. And Evans Mensa here, live from the studios of Joy 99.7 FM. And that's it for news night tonight. But you want to stay with us because we have a conversation with you, uh, for you, uh, between Lexis and Papa Wusan. Come on. He did that interview some time back. It was a lovely interview. Many of you have asked that we play the back. And this was recorded in the UK. It is for Personality Profile up next. Hi, my name is James Ebo White, or everyone calls me Uncle Ebo White. You know, what you'll be five years from now depends on only two things. The books you read and the people you meet. On Personality Profile, you meet the kind of people you meet. You need to meet to make your transition to your greatness. You want a program that would help you, inspire you, motivate you. Why bother to turn to other channels? Just stay here on personality profile and you get all the inspiration you need yeah you can be the greatest you can be the best you can be the king kong banging on your chest you can beat the world you can beat the war you can talk to your life on joy 99.7 fm this is personality profile on your superstation my name is lexus bill and today is a very special show yes it's not coming to you from 355 Farnofa street where i set up my studio today i've set up my studio all the way 3,000 miles away from home here in the uk because i am spending time with a very special man a servant of the land that you would love to know a lot about he's got a lot to share and i'm sure you're ready to roll I'm Lexus Bill. Welcome to Personality Profile. Tim, welcome to Personality Profile. Thank you very much. I'm so, so elated to be here in your office. Um, I'm still getting used to the weather outside. <laughs> I think it's, it's fair in here. But how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine by the grace of God. And I must say, you also look good. Oh, thank you very, very much. <laughs> I'm excited to be here today. Um, do you miss home yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yes, of course, of course. I, I miss home. I haven't spent all my life in Ghana, certainly. Yeah. I miss home. But uh, these days, 
you get to know what is happening at home. Yeah. Know, I would say that because of the social media and yeah. global communication sometimes, those who want to know about home will know more about home than those who are at home. <laughs> who are at home, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. so I've witnessed firsthand the immense support you lend out to the Ghanaian community, especially in the area of arts and entertainment. Uh, I saw you at the Ghana Music Awards UK, yes. and I'm sure you had a good time. Well, yes, uh, it was a good time, except that, well, uh, I kind of felt lost. It's a long time since, <laughs> since I, 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 I was in the midst, yeah. you know, of such noise and enthusiasm. Well, I just, I just remembered my young days. I you know? can imagine. Yes, yes. <laughs> but That's it was a great event. Days, you know? No, but it was a great event. I yeah. mean, and I must really, really, really commend the organizers. I mean, look. Yeah. Young people do fantastic things, yeah. you know, for our country. Yeah, I always say that our human resource, yeah, does not reflect on the state of our country. Mm. All right, if you look at our human resource as Ghanaians, yeah, and you look at the state of the country, you just wonder mm. where is the disconnect? Because if the human resource, the capacity is commensurate with the state of our country and our country will not be what it is mm. it will be yeah. farther and higher so it poses a challenge to all of us yeah you know particularly the young generation because i say that well for the young generation you are global citizens yeah all right i mean uh, for those of us we didn't grow up in computer age we didn't grow up with netflix <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, <clears throat> Facebook and everything. So, so, so the challenge is great. It's great, but I must say that we are measuring up. To yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the event. I need yeah. to say the event was supported by Joy Entertainment. The team at Joy made sure that we pulled it off together with organizers of the Ghana Music Awards UK. And seeing that we successfully executed this, we're hoping that with the help and collaboration, we can do a lot more events here for the people of Ghana who are Look, I have said mm. that, um, you know, cultural diplomacy mm. is key, all right? And music also depicts a culture. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine a small country like Jamaica, I would say? Yeah. Million? Yeah. Their music is global, all right? Reggae. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, yes. So I've said, yes, let's promote a lot of music, but let the authentic Ghanaian high life beat feature. Yes. So that, I mean, you, 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 you hear reggae, the person singing, you may assume that the person is Jamaican until recently, you know, Jamaican. So let our music reflect Ghana. I totally agree with you. Yes, I yes, agree yes. with you. But let's talk about your work as yeah, the yeah, yeah. High Commissioner. Yeah. It must be a very outdoors one. But tell us the details. What, what oh, you, well, yeah. I mean, uh, I say that because of my background, you know, in public service, I mean, yeah. the work of the High Commissioner is it, it, not too stressful. Even though I, I dare say that in London, when you are a High Commissioner, yes, uh, it's one of the most stressful. Uh, ambassadorial positions we have, but 
Well, I mean, you represent your country mm. and the president, yeah, and you also serve as liaison between your country's residents here and back home. But here, the aspect that is uh, very challenging is consular duties. That's how come you saw me at the Music Awards. Okay, that's right. part of yeah. our consular engagement with yeah. the Ghanaian community and. In UK, the Ghanaian community is probably the best organized and the most vocal all over the world. Wow. It's closely knit. Mm. You know, and uh, I tell people that you come to the United Kingdom and even London, don't be surprised that almost every Ghanaian will have a member of the extended family here. In here. Yeah. So it tells you, it, it, it's about microcosm. Yeah. of Ghana. So the consular work uh, is what you, you need to engage. You let them uh, know that you are there for them. So mm -hmm. we attend these functions regularly. I, mean, okay. I may not personally attend a function, but you have an officer attending. Yeah. We attend funerals. <laughs> you know, yes, yeah, you attend funerals. You will attend church services. And uh, we've been invited to Dublin, <laughs> probably sometime next month because they're going to have the first black African woman bishop. So they said, no, the high commissioner, <laughs> you, you should try and be president. You know? And of course now diaspora relations yeah. is very high on the foreign policy agenda. Mm -hmm. So for me, this engagement is very, very, very crucial. Yes, and you know, uh, it's also very challenging. I mean, I look at the Ghanaian community, particularly the Ghanaians who are born here. Mm -hmm. You realize that sometimes they, they are lost. Mm -hmm. In the sense that, that growing up in Britain, you may think that your, 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 your mindset is British, is whatever. But you realize that really, yeah, something gets to a time, you, it's as if. It make you feel that you don't belong, mm. all right? And so it's important that we hold fast to our values, our identity, that makes us different. So whilst we are prospering in the UK, 